Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Dave Saunders, CTO at Galen Robotics, to the show. Dave, welcome. Hey, thank you. Great to have you here. So let's dive in. Tell us a little bit about your technology background. Sure. Um, I actually started in the internet industry in uh, 1989 as one of the first employees of the first commercial developer and publisher of internet software for Macintosh and Windows computers. Back then, we called them Macintoshes. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I participated in uh, the IETF and the ITU um, in the Netherlands. And, uh, you know, as I did my part in the growth of the early internet, I also worked very closely with early prototypes and uh, concepts that would eventually grow into SaaS, you know, that we know of today. So things like, uh, remember, uh, Sun used to have like the thin clients and the whole idea was that you'd be actually doing all of your computing uh, remotely. There were a lot of, you know, kind of false starts at SaaS, but I think we had an idea of where we wanted to go. And um, since then, uh, I've worked on uh, development for uh, some Salesforce.com based applications, as well as some other uh, smaller scale SaaS systems. And uh, most recently, I'm designing a SaaS architecture, which will eventually be used uh, behind the curtain to support our uh, surgical robotics platform. Great. Appreciate that. Yeah. So long history in technology. So... Yeah, tell us a little bit about what Galen Robotics does. Sure. Um, you know, we've developed a surgical robotic assistant in conjunction with ongoing research at Johns Hopkins University. And it's a surgeon designed surgical robot that's intended to fit into a number of unmet surgical areas where there's some sort of robotic assistance that would be very beneficial. And we envision using this platform as a means of interconnecting various devices in the OR to eventually bring information directly to the surgeon's fingertips during surgery. And this will require a combination of edge and cloud-based computing, as well as uh, resource allocations to help match up surgeons with underutilized robotic platforms. Really interesting. And then I was on your landing page and I mentioned, I think, I don't know if it said robotics as a service. So tell us, is this a hardware play, hardware and software uh, as a service play? How is this how do you pitch this product? Well, it's a it's a little bit of both. Uh, so initially, uh, we're intending to actually place uh, the robots at the uh, hospitals, and then we'll charge per use. Um, and so that's you know that that's kind of a, a pay per click model. Um, and then over time, um, as we deploy more and more systems, what I envision is. Um, uh, basically uh, providing services to the hospitals and to uh, relevant surgeons to actually find where available surgical robots are in case they need uh, to use one to do a particular surgery. So if you kind of think about it, you know, it's, it's funny, um, you know, if you think way, way back um, when Salesforce was just coming up, Remember, you know, part of the, the whole selling point was to like say, you should never install Oracle. And it was all ripping on that. And then eventually they got more and more people using, you know, the, the web-based CRM and all the supporting applications. And, but what's going on behind the curtain is Salesforce has one of the largest Oracle installations on the planet. And when you open Salesforce in your web screen, you're just getting access to uh, available hardware resources in that giant cluster. And um, take another uh, example, Uber. You know, what is Uber really? Um, 
it's an app that actually helps match a user with underutilized hardware resources. In other words, you need a ride and you're looking for an empty seat in somebody's car. And so, you know, taking that kind of concept, um, you know, I think there's the same kind of situation where you have uh, hospitals that may have, uh, you know, OR facilities, but you also have a lot of surgeons and practitioners operating at ASCs where they may not have as much uh, of that physical infrastructure available. And so um, being able to do a lot of your uh, patient work at the ASC, but then being able to know when there are available resources at the hospital and being able to work out agreements with them, which is something that actually happens today. Mm -hmm. um, it could be a really great way, I think, of uh, really just promoting access uh, to surgical robotics and, uh, you know, just making it as simple as, uh, you know, calling up an Uber uh, mm -hmm. these, that you do today. That's great. And, you know, when you see these robotics, you think, you're right, you see the hardware immediately, obviously, but behind the scenes, I mean, how much software development is required? Is that just as intensive as, you know, the, the, the design and engineering around the robotics? Probably more so. I would really, uh, my personal characterization is that between 80 to 90% of the functionality of a surgical robot is software. Um, and that's probably even more so than uh, most of the, the robots, like say a UR5 or something like that running ROS. Um, you know, with, with a surgical robot, you've got not only the software to actually just drive the general functionality, but you've got all of the safety triggers and you've got all the redundancies and all the backups just to make sure that the system is running exactly as it's supposed to, to ensure the greatest level of patient safety possible uh, with the hardware platform. So you end up with a lot of software on the back end. And keep in mind, no um, surgical robot today is actually implementing anything like AI or machine learning. Mm -hmm. That is still out there on the horizon. So um, we're going to see uh, the next generation of surgical robots have even more software um, really providing assistance, at least that's my paradigm, providing assistance to the surgeons. There are going to be robots out there that are going to run autonomously as well. My particular focus is really uh, having surgical robotics as an assistant and augmentation for surgeon training and just giving them better tools. Um, but, you know, there are definitely different ways to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's really fascinating. And then when was Galen Robotics founded? So uh, we were founded in 2016 with mm -hmm. our original offices in the Bay Area. And in 2019, right about before the COVID lockdown, mm -hmm. uh, we moved our corporate offices to Baltimore, um, which gave us the ability to more easily work with the local universities, Johns Hopkins, who we have an ongoing relationship with, but also UMD and, and uh, just a bunch of mid-Atlantic universities and surgeons um, as we continue to develop our system. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then, uh, so now located in the in the Baltimore area, and tell us about your team size. How many staff do you have on board? Um, it's about 40 employees right now with a lot of uh, hiring growth anticipated in our near future. So we've got, uh, uh, not only are we planning on expanding our engineering uh, department, but uh, as, as we anticipate getting our FDA clearance, hopefully soon, uh, we've got a lot of manufacturing jobs as well. So uh, we're, we're going to have, a, I hope, a, a pretty healthy office in, in Baltimore. 
That's great. And with a team size around 40 with a robotics company is, I mean, is that a lot of engineering talent out of that 40? It is. It's, it's yeah. mostly engineers, in fact. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And then anything you want to share around the scale of your uh, company size, your company revenue range, anything like that? Sure. Uh, you know, right now we're pre-revenue, so we're getting okay. our FDA clearance. Uh, we're hoping to start selling products in uh, this this coming year, 2023. Okay. And then that's really interesting because, you know, usually I say, you know, tell me about your go-to-market motion. So waiting for that FDA clearance, pre-revenue. So is there a lot of, you know, pre-selling, contacting, you know, the, the right persona here. Tell me, like, how are you lining up business uh, prior to, to, to FDA approval? You know, it, it's tricky because, of course, I uh, cut my teeth outside of med tech where um, I could be running around um, collecting, um, you know, uh, uh, contingent POs, which I've, I've done before. I'm one of those nerds that actually knows how to sell as well. Mm -hmm. So um, none of those things am I allowed to do in med tech. Um, I certainly are, uh, have been talking to surgeons about our technology. Um, I get input as to, you know, design considerations and things like that. Um, but uh, I can't do any pre-marketing uh, of the product itself because uh, without FDA clearance, that's a, a big no-no. So um, we're, we're certainly doing everything we possibly can mm -hmm. uh, to, to validate the technology and, and to um, certainly our surgeon partners that have been providing input for almost a, a decade now before Galen was even founded. Um, you know, they know what's up with the tech, um, but uh, as for the product, uh, we really have to wait for the green light before we can uh, get serious there. So it, it's, yeah. it's a tricky discipline. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. So until you get clearance, no pre-selling, pre-marketing, which must, must be tough for you as, as a, uh, someone who, who's been in that sales role. It's and... frustrating, man. <laughs> uh, and so you just raised a Series A, it looked like 15 million. How much capital have you raised to date? Yeah. Um, so the, the 15 million um, included all of our um, early seed investors. Okay. So they, they'd come in on convertible notes and things like that. Um, so all of those guys we had to herd together um, uh, under our, our Series A lead. Um, and, uh, and that was, that was our big close uh, that was uh, this past February. And then um, because of uh, manufacturing chain issues that are slowly resolving themselves, uh, we just had a lot of opportunities to start ordering a bunch of parts. So we just ordered, or we just opened a second round of our Series A, so a second half, mm -hmm. um, second close as it will. And that's gonna be for about another mm, five to 7 million, uh, depends on you know what it looks like when the dust settles, but uh, we're, we're opening a, a small chunk uh, to bring that in, that should get us uh, through the FDA clearance process, mm -hmm. allow us to manufacture some more systems, and uh, give us a little bit of runway as we get ready to uh, open our Series B. Okay, interesting. And and so with a hardware software play, what are those triggers? I mean, to that you needed to raise this capital, you know, you know what what you know in in kind of your business model, you know, requires yeah. that that amount of capital raise. It's it's a it's a it's a big challenge because um, you know when you when you aren't able to go out there and pre-sell and and I can't like you know show like you know on delivery POs and things like that to investors I really really need to focus on forward motion constant forward results 
And so, you know, one of the very first things that we did uh, when, when we founded the company um, <clears throat> was um, take what had already been developed at Johns Hopkins, and we turned that into our first uh, commercial prototype. And we actually did technology uh, hands-on demos for almost 100 uh, department heads uh, from uh, the, the relevant surgical centers uh, from uh, teaching hospitals around the world and collected that input and then turned that into our, uh, so the, the first prototype before Galen came along, what we call the Mark Zero. And so that very first prototype that was Galen's uh, was the Mark One that turned into the Mark II and our third prototype, um, uh, the Mark III uh, is also our commercial equivalent. And so uh, being able to demonstrate those results and, and show hardware and, and show uh, surgeons and show usability studies and you know, uh, you know, cadaver preclinical studies, things like that, really just being able to hit those uh, milestone triggers, but also just being able to show constant motion forward uh, is a really big deal to the investors. Yeah, and, and really interesting. And that that capital now, how are you deploying it? Is this in now like in the supply chain and in people both? Where where do you where are you deploying that capital? Um, so definitely parts uh, to mm -hmm. to get an initial build of the commercial equivalents, um, but a lot of it has gone to uh, salaries for the engineers. Mm -hmm. Okay, makes sense. Yep. Uh, and then what, you know, you've been in tech a long time and what were some lessons learned along the way or, or just with this recent raise sure. in med tech for your series A where you can't show revenue, you can't sell the product yet. Uh, any lessons that or tips that you want to pass on to other founders listening? Well, timing is never uh, what you want it to be. Uh, so <laughs> um, with, with all due respect to the investors out there, um, if you are expecting them to uh, wire you money, uh, by Friday, um, you might want to check on what month uh, that Friday is actually going to be because uh, it's it's amazing how sometimes they just um, oh I was on this island and we didn't have to take our cell phones with me and um, all kinds of stuff like that. It's just it's a, it's a really tricky thing. You've just got to be patient um, and uh, even when even even if you uh, feel like you're just eating nothing but ramen for uh, the past three months. You just you still have to find some way to, to keep forward motion. So that's really important. And then the other thing is um, don't get greedy with your valuations. Um, we've uh, we didn't have a problem with uh, this company, but we certainly have had uh, some uh, large cap um, investors come and wave dollars under our noses. And, you know, all you have to do is accept this, uh, you know, this this valuation that, you know, you can't support. Uh, on your next round, you're just you're just way over your skis. And uh, gosh, the the last thing I would ever want to see uh, myself experience or anybody else is a down round, and then you end up getting crushed. So um, you know, be be conservative with your valuations and and don't get too greedy. Um, you know, you, you need enough money to, 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 to move forward and not run out of money, but at the same time, don't just take a wheelbarrow of money because it's there sta staring you in the face. Um, because if you can't truly and honestly, um, expect to support the valuation that comes with that, uh, kind of Faustian gift, uh -huh. um, you know, you're, you're probably going to get clobbered on your next round. Um, so just, yeah. you gotta be, you gotta be careful. It's a, it's a yeah. difficult balance. Yeah, great tips there. And as we wrap up here, cool. uh, I may know the answer to this, but what's next uh, for Galen Robotics? What's coming up that's exciting? 
Well, so, you know, we completed our filing for clearance with the FDA this past summer, and that was uh, a really uh, big uh, milestone for us. There was an enormous amount of work that goes into that process. And um, as we're even moving forward uh, with our anticipated clearance, uh, we're already looking at what are the next set of instruments. Um, one of the unique things about this surgical robotic platform is that it was intended to support uh, the surgical process as it currently is with the instruments that the surgeons would have been using uh, freehand. And so there's a pretty wide variety of surgical instruments and procedures this robot can fit into that none of the other uh, surgical robots on the market are really appropriate for. So it's just a matter of def uh, identifying what's the next uh, set of instruments, what's the next indication and lining that up. And um, you know, so once we get our first clearance, it's gonna be a serial process of adding additional instruments, getting the next clearance, adding another instrument, getting the mm -hmm. next clearance and just uh, iteratively pounding that out so that we can increase our uh, presence um, in this market. And uh, really, you know, our goal is, uh, there, there's a lot of really cool surgical robots on the market mm -hmm. and a lot of those are one trick ponies. They are mm -hmm. engineered to do one single thing. Mm -hmm. And we really didn't want to come out with a robot that did that. We've built a robot that we feel very confident that can be wheeled into the OR and is ready to go in less than 15 minutes um, to provide demonstrable benefits for the surgeon. And that's, that's our North star. And it's just a matter of adding additional instruments uh, so that we can fit into other uh, surgical procedures. Um, but uh, that everything aligns to that one goal. Yeah, that's going to be a great journey. And Dave, really appreciate your time today sharing your story you. and a little bit about Galen Robotics. So if listeners would like to learn more about Galen, where, where should we send them? Um, you can go to our website at uh, www.galenrobotics.com, and you can also follow Galen Robotics on LinkedIn. Okay, sounds great. So if you want to learn more, check out galenrobotics.com. And Dave, really appreciate you, Shelly, sharing your long history in technology and, and a little bit about Galen Robotics. So, so, so thanks for your time today. Hey, thank you.